Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and on the NSN app. And yes, there is tons going on in the political world. Uh, ferment in Israel. There may be a government. There may not be a government. BB is trying his utmost and the could to upend whatever change coalition might happen. All kinds of enticements being thrown at various would-be members of this new coalition would be the first time an Arab party would actually be part of a coalition. All kinds of things going on in Israel and to say nothing of what's going on in the United States. Uh, we have a primaries in uh, New Jersey and Virginia for governor. Those are the marquee races of 2021. This is the off, off, off year, which is the post-presidential. But having said all that, we can take a little breather because it's not quite as exciting as the topic we're about to tackle, which is vaccination attitudes in the Orthodox, Haredi, Yeshivish, Hasidish community. A new survey is out from a friend of the show, Mark Trencher from Nishma Research, sponsored by uh, Hever Hatzala, which has been at the forefront of promoting good health and vaccination throughout the pandemic and responding to the needs of the community. And this is but one of those uh, Mark has surveyed, I think, probably, I would say, and I'll let him talk about it, the most extensive uh, survey of the Haredi community and the modern Orthodox community together over uh, the last couple of years around uh, attitudes towards uh, vaccination and, and the like, specifically around COVID-19. Mark, welcome back to Spin Class. Thank you for engaging with us on this very important topic. Thank you very much, Michael. I enjoy being here. Okay, so just a quick uh, primer for the audience on your background, uh, how you come to this, why you're doing this research, and, uh, and, and, and then just dive right into it on the background on the survey Okay, itself. so as a quick background, I am a Flatbush boy. I grew up in the very, very first Hasidic Stiebel in all of Flatbush. I would categorize myself as modern Orthodox. Um, I, worked all my, I worked all my life in the insurance industry. A lot of what I did was in research, surveys, focus groups. And I retired um, six years ago and I decided then to do exactly that type of activity for the uh, Jewish community and mainly for the Orthodox community. And that would include the modern Orthodox, the Hasidic, Yeshiva. So we've done nine, we've done nine broad surveys of the community. Uh, the one we're gonna talk about now uh, is the ninth. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing them. For me, uh, the research is really, uh, it's really a labor of love for the community. It's, it's a way I'd like to give back to the community. Uh, so thank you very much, Michael, for the opportunity to describe it. You know, this survey, I think I would, I would even go further than what you said. To the best of my knowledge, uh, we have a survey that had uh, close to 2,000 Hasidish people responding to an online survey and 1,200 yeshivish. I think this is the largest um, quantitative survey of the Haredi, the yeshivish and the Hasidish, that I'm aware of in the United States. I know there are surveys in Israel, but I think this is the largest one in the U.S. And overall, we got uh, close to 3,700 responses. Um, you know, a lot of enthusiasm and support from Hebrat Salah. A lot of great input. I think clearly the respect that the community has. We did ask a few questions about the views of Hebrat Salah. Uh, amazingly high ratings, positive views. Uh, I think that clearly was a factor in getting the response. And even within the Hasidish world, we asked people which Hasidish group they're a member of. And we had, for example, 471 Satmar Hasidim 
answered the survey, answered it fully, you know, gave us open-ended responses, checked all the boxes, and said, yeah, Masat Merchazit. So, I mean, to me, this is really uh, a wonderful uh, a wonderful expression by the community of involvement and expressing their thoughts on what and what everyone agrees is an important issue. So I don't want to you know get too much into the weeds about how you find these people and the value of uh, you know of of the subgroups that you found. I mean, I will say just looking at it, um, you know, uh, four hundred over four thousand responses. 3,600 plus of them are U.S. residents. Almost 2,000 identify as Haredi. Almost 500 is modern Orthodox. And then amongst the Hasidim, you've got Satmer, Chabad, uh, Babov, Bells, Vizhnitz, uh, Karlin Stolen, Ger, Square, Sans Klosenberg, all over 50 respondents from each of those groups. So I want to understand, though, a little bit about what it means for a self-identifier, right? I mean, people take the survey. How do you know they took it seriously when they responded to you? Like, or they're just not, they're maybe just playing with you. They're just giving answers. You know, uh, I, I want to go ahead and identify myself as something, right? Right, right. So in the, in the world of survey research, um, if a survey is done in somebody's home um, or over the phone, obviously there's more of a connection. You can hear their voice. But that has become so expensive these days. And also, nobody picks up the phone anymore. People don't have landlines. Even the Pew survey, which always did it, that's called the, the golden standard telephone survey. The new Pew survey just came out this month. And they said, you know what? We just couldn't do it. We're not reaching anybody. So surveys are pretty much all online. Once you do a survey online, the question then becomes, how do you get, how do you get people to respond? Uh, one of the nice things about the Orthodox, about the From community, is we have uh, we 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 draw heavily on something that most of the rest of the country doesn't, and that is our newspapers. Uh, wherever you go, you have the newspaper on Shabbos, you have the magazine, you have Mishpacha, Ami, the Atid. Uh, I go visit my sister, and they have the Flatbush Jewish Journal, and 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 these get read. Um, in addition to having the newspapers they all actually have online subscribers. So when you subscribe to a newspaper, you get the opportunity to, have, to get your email address. You could opt into getting emails every now and then. Somebody sends an email, you know, clothing on sale in Flatbush, or a vacation village is open, something or other. So we, so we had the opportunity, we thought about how to reach the community. What, the first idea we had was to put an advertisement in some of these newspapers, but then we said, you know what? Why do we need to do that when they have these online lists, so we said, so we went to we went to seven of these groups. We went to Borough 24 in Borough Park, Chabad Siowa Live Chabad. Uh, we went to Mishpacha Magazine, Yatid, Yeshiva World News, Amodia. We went to all of them. Now, obviously, there's overlap, so we don't know exactly how many people got it because each of these sent it to about 25,000 people. But um, so these are people who get the magazines, they subscribe, they are interested in getting news. Okay, so the question you asked is, how do we know somebody is serious um, in their response? I always like to have, in addition to, this is a short, a short survey. We had about five checkbox questions. Do you agree with this? I strongly agree, I somewhat agree. But I always like, I, I very much like to include what's called open-ended question. An open-ended question is just a box saying something like, you know, you said that you will probably, for example, you said you'll probably not get vaccinated, why? And we give people as much room as they want. It's a box on the screen. If they type in it, they can type a thousand words. The box expands. 
And I, I look to those responses to kind of get a sense of the seriousness of the issue. So if I do a survey like this, and, uh, and, and if we have 3,000 responses, and th these open-endeds are at the very end of the survey, if somebody gets to the end of the survey and they type 500 words, that's a serious response. And we do read through all the responses. And uh, when you read through the responses, you really get a sense of people's seriousness and what they're saying. And they're, they're talking to you from the heart. The only thing I'll add now is that, is that on an issue like this, uh, when it comes to surveys, the question is asked, how do you get a good response? You get a good response if you're talking about something that people are really interested in. And so the good response we got here was, I think, for a lot of these people, I, I would say for Satmar Chassid, for as an example, you know, how often do they get an invitation to participate in a community survey? Plus, at the end of the survey, we say to them, you know, do you want us? We will send you the results if you're interested. And, and the vast majority say yes. So, yes, it is self-identification. And, you know, do, do some people answer in a strange way? I don't know. But I think when you look at the overall results, including the open-ended, including the differences between groups, uh, the results do make sense. Okay, so let's talk about the results. Uh, let's, let's talk about what, what are the top lines? What, are the, what is the message that you're looking to say that came out of the survey that people would not have known before? Okay, so the first message is at a very high level, if you, if you look at New York City Orthodox Jews all combined, modern, Hasidish, yeshivish, uh, the, the rates are actually very similar to the overall population of New York. You know, a few percentage points higher, lower, depending on the group. But overall, um, despite what you may read in the, uh, in the media, which some elements of the media like to poke at the Orthodox, as we know, but overall, overall, we're very similar to the general population. Having said that, there is a lot of variation within the Jewish community. So, for example, there's a spectrum that goes from the modern Orthodox have pretty high levels of getting vaccinated, um, yeshivish a little bit less, and Hasidish still less. And even within the Hasidish, there are differences among the groups. On the other hand, the same pattern that goes to modern Orthodox high vaccination on down, you flip it around when you talk about have you actually had COVID. So the groups that have not had COVID so much, so the modern Orthodox, fewer of them had COVID. And you could say, well, that's an explanatory factor why more of them got vaccinated. On the other hand, the Hasidish, 70% of the people, of the Hasidish people told us I've had COVID. That is a, an amazingly high percentage. Incredible. I don't, know, I don't know of any group in the United States that has that level. So you could say, you know, if, if you want to say, you could say it's an explanatory factor. And because if we look at the comments, the, the number, the top two things people said when we asked the Hasidic people, why did you, why um, I, do you not plan to get COVID? Well, first of all, a lot of them say, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a wait and see. For now, I have, I have antibodies. I'm going to wait and see. I had COVID. I've been told by my doctor. And people say, yeah, I'm going to wait four months, six months, whatever we'll see. So it certainly is an explanatory factor. So that that was a that was at a very high level that was a, an interesting finding. Um, you know, another finding that we found interesting is we asked questions about: Do you think the vaccine is safe? Do you think it's effective? And and the three choices people got were yes, no, and not sure. And I found it interesting when we asked about vaccine safety, 
among those three group among those three answers the plurality which means the one that got the most responses was the not sure more people said i'm not sure than said yes or no so people you know there's a lot of um lack of there's some lack of knowledge and people i think are open to learning more um and that that was that was true for the same effectiveness a little less so more people said they thought more people said they thought the vaccine was effective than thought it was safe but so and clearly on both of those uh, you know people want information uh, a lot of people get information from different sources people do rely heavily on doctors but people also rely heavily on social media so but you know the only thing I'll say about social media is if, you, if it comes in your WhatsApp feed, it could be your neighbor, it could be a friend. So, uh, you know, like they say about the Internet, you, you don't believe everything you read. But so we encourage people to, we always encourage people to talk to their doctors, always, their primary care physician, to get advice from their doctor. You know, I mentioned the, the, the other main finding was the reason for the views on vaccine. And again, the number one reason was uh, I, I had COVID. Um, a second reason that is interesting is a lot of people said, I don't need it. I don't need it. And anybody who said, I don't need it, we, we gave them an open-ended question. You know, you said you don't need the vaccine. Why is it? So people said, I'm young. I don't have any health risks. Um, you know, people said that basically, you know, I think to a lot, to some extent, the young obviously have been less hit and people with lower health risks have been less hit. But we all know of people in their 30s who, uh, who never who nifter or, 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 you know, I, mean, I have a very, very close relative, age 44, who basically 99% was not around anymore. And through some miracle, he's, he's still here, which is, which is wonderful. But so again, the, the, the perception that I don't need it also needs, also needs some so some education. You know, I will say you read a lot in the media about conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers. In this survey and the one we did a few months ago, we didn't really find that. We didn't really find it. Yeah, a few people said, a few people said, I don't want to be coerced. That actually is a view that you do hear in the from community. Uh, not surprising given the relationship with secular government, etc. You know, including the education system, the, the yeshivas. But people said, I don't want to be forced. But, you know, some of the crazy stuff you read in the paper about people saying that, you know, the vaccine is this and is that, you don't really hear it that often. You don't really hear it that often. I mean, people uh, have reasons, and, um, you know, uh, they have reasons, and they're often, um, they're often reasons that, that, that you can appreciate. The answer to a person, if you talk to a person, the answer is not, you're wrong. The answer is, I understand what you're saying. Let's talk about it because I have some more information for you. So uh, those are some of the key things that we learned. Sure. Okay, this is Spin Class. We're talking with Mark Trencher, uh, president of Nishma Research, who's out with a new survey on uh, vaccines and COVID-19, vaccine sentiments uh, in the Orthodox and Haredi community. Uh, let me talk Let me talk for a second. Uh, I know we... we tend to focus on the Hasidic community because the numbers there are a little bit divergent with what we saw in the rest of the Orthodox community. Uh, one of the surprises I had, and you have a, is in the yeshivish world and the modern Orthodox world, the numbers are not all that different. I mean, yeah, a couple percentage points, but the numbers are still pretty high, very close to herd immunity that you would talk about as far as people who have gotten vaccinated and will get vaccinated. Um 
I guess the the you alluded to this already is the attitude or the generalization that the media has is that anybody wearing a black hat, whether they're Hasidish or yeshivish, is uh, has this attitude um, towards uh, the government, secularism. You know, they're not they're not Taromada Jews, if you will, and necessarily have a, you know, might have a negative attitude towards science. Um, but we're not seeing that. It's a pretty high number amongst the yeshivish. Um, and there was some divergence even amongst the Hasidic sects. Uh, you had different numbers in Babov and Chabad Lubavitch than you did in Satmar Viznitz. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much you could flesh out just from the sample sizes that you have, but you know, maybe is did you, are you able as a polling professional to tease out some of the nuances here? Yeah, to some extent, I mean, the, the yeshivish are always kind of an in-between group. Uh, we don't say that the yeshivish people are Torah or Mada. They're not modern Orthodox, but you know, if you if you if you get the um, if you get the Wall Street Journal, which which might happen if you're yeshivish and you like that because politically it's it's a great and the news coverage is amazing, then then you're getting then you're getting news. Uh, if you watch the uh, ABC, the news on ABC, you know. So I mean, it's not. I mean, having a TV set is not. Uh, it's not something people brag about, but people are, are getting uh, news from different sources in the Jewish community. I will tell you that you don't need have it. You don't need to have a television right. these days to That's get true. news, uh, to That's stream true. news. To, so to stream it's news, right. <laughs> and, and you can do it on your, on your iPhone. Um, you know, the vast, vast majority of my of my personal relatives are are people who live in in New York City and are yeshivish. They almost all have been vaccinated and and. I also have relatives who are Hasidish in Borough Park, Baba Hasidim, um, who have not been vaccinated. But I think to, to some extent, it's where they get their news. I think it's where they get their news. Uh, so, uh, very, very interesting point. I, I, I think I agree with that. The, you know, there's kind of this openness to information from secular sources as opposed to getting news. But the interesting thing is how many of even the Hasidish and yeshivas get their news from social media or from other people in the community you know i i mean there's a phenomenon that the insiders and i'm sure you're familiar is like they heard it in the mikvah so therefore that's what's you know what they take um did did you notice uh, i mean is that is that a truism based on what you're hearing what you what you've seen there are major there are big differences between where people get where, where people get their news so uh you know i will say that in the hasidish and yeshiva in the haredi world um, one out of six people relied on guidance from a religious leader, their, their Rebbe, one out of six. In the modern Orthodox, it's one out of 12. So the religious leaders do play a role, a little, a little bit less so, a little bit less so in the... Uh, uh, another big difference was, I mentioned TV. Um, in the Haredi world, um, 9% of people say they, get, they got news about COVID from TV compared to, compared to about one-third of the modern Orthodox, everybody gets everybody gets advice from medical professionals, and actually everybody gets advice from everybody gets news from social media. Um, the the other thing that was different was in the uh, in the Haredi world, forty percent said I get news from personal connections, not a doctor, but just from the community, somebody in the community they talk to. Forty percent. That's only about twenty eight percent in modern Orthodox. So, so there are differences. And we're in how people get the news. You know, the, I think a community, you know, uh, a community has a, uh, a, uh, 
there's so for so you know I, I read about an article about uh, an event in uh, in Williamsburg where people came in with uh, wearing a mask and they ended up taking them off because they didn't want to be the only one with a mask. So to some extent, communities have norms, norms of behavior, and people want to fit in. And uh, you know, it, in my view, it may just be that in the yeshivish world, um, getting the vaccine has become more of a yeah, yeah, it's a thing we do, we do it, we do it. Um, you know, nobody looks at you either way, right or wrong, but it's, it's, it's become more accepted. So one of the big factors as far as uh, vaccination or getting vaccinated has been concerns with regard to fertility and child's bearing and, and the like. Did you see a significant divergence between male and female attitudes? Uh, we, we did not see a significant difference between male and female attitudes over, overall. That, you know, that reason is not really given that often. Specifically, people talk a lot about... Uh, People talk a lot about uh, all the side effects, all the side effects. Um, but I will say, in terms of uh, just to go back, in terms of differences by uh, by, by by gender, we, we we did actually see a few differences. Um, and in general, women are more. In general, women are more, a little bit more worried about COVID overall. On the other hand, while the women are more worried, they also are also more worried about vaccine safety and effectiveness. So uh, so as a result of it, men are a little bit more pro-vaccine. Um, so th there are a few differences between men and women. I would really have to, what I would really want to do is I'd really want to go, in, uh, this is all mashed together, but um, you know, I would I would want to take, for example, the Hasidic group as a whole and look at men versus women. And and the most important thing is, overlaying all of this, is have they had COVID? So to look at, I can't really look right. at men versus women. I would say, I would say, let me look at Hasidic men who who didn't have it compared to Hasidic women who didn't have it, and see whether they have different plans moving forward. So there's there's a lot of analysis we can do. So. Aside from some of the very uh, uh, provocative comments that were in there, um, I'd love to read some of them verbatim. Um, one person actually writes, uh, it's not a vaccine. Shame on you. Don't be complicit with the known fraud. It's gene therapy and experimental and not even FDA approved. They have already been massive side effects, mostly censored for the media and social media. That's how we know this was a real person who actually right. answered yeah. this because – who else would do it? Uh, but why, aside from some of those provocative comments, uh, what what are the big surprises, uh, or that, that you've got as a pollster? I mean, what did you what did you see from this that you never, you, based on the sample size? I know we talked about that. This is probably the largest survey of of Haredim or Hasidim that that's been done, just around an issue that clearly is at the top and the forefront of people's minds. But what did you what did you learn from this? I mean, what what do we learn about the community from this? Well, so one thing we learned about the community is that they are eager to tell you what they think. They they want to. So whether you're talking about a product, whether you're talking about uh, uh, Jews, Jews yeah, and opinions, Jews have a lot of opinions. We want to know their opinion about food, about uh, weddings, about uh, whatever it is, about uh, about exercise, health. They want their. So I think it's, we learned a lesson from the future. That you know, so I called my 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 research practice. I call it Nishma research because we all know Nasiv and Nishma. You know, it's a wonderful thing that 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 the Yidden were certainly willing to accept the Torah 
uh, we want it. We'll, we'll get into the details later, but today's world is complicated. Today's world is complicated. So, you know, to sometimes when you make a decision, it's really good to talk to the people, to, uh, to have a conversation with people, to hear what they say. So I called it Nishma research. I think, I think the Orthodox world, um, they really are interested in telling you what they think. So that's, I think, one thing we learned. And moving forward, there might be opportunities in the future to find out what people think. Uh, we, we, all of our surveys, we aim to do them very uh, respectfully, impartially, non-judgmentally. We don't tell people, you know, you're right or you're wrong. We just tell us what you think. So that's that. That's one thing we learned. Uh, and as I mentioned before, um, people gave a lot of reasons for being vaccine hesitant, um, and they all basically uh, are con are concerns. Uh, we can't say you're wrong. Um, Yes, a few people said the kind of stuff that you mentioned before about the gene therapy and and it's a plot, whatever. But you know, whether people talked about the side effects, people talked about uh, you know why was it developed so fast? There is an understanding. There actually are reasons. There actually is a timeline that, and you explain to people, you should know this and this and this. So we we we, we do have an understanding of ten different reasons that people gave, which I think could be helpful. In creating educational campaigns, you know, I, I looked. I've seen a lot of the educational materials. Uh, you know, for example, the uh, the videos that Trevor Hatzola puts out. A lot of interesting information. When you read through a survey result, it, it'll surface other other areas that we can include in such advertising. To really just the purpose is just to inform people, just to give them the information. Right. Uh, as we as we close as we close on this, Mark, I want to one um, thing that stuck out to me in particular was the, I guess the idea. Well, how few people are regular maskers, but yet a lot of those people are seem to be willing. Although I don't know the the correlation, um, uh, are willing to get the vaccine. It seems that a lot of people that the the numbers are. People they didn't they didn't mask they didn't mask all the time or they didn't mask enough you know for by some people's standards but they went out and got the vaccine so is it is it the idea that you know for and I think there are obviously a lot of people who had COVID already they they took the mask off because they felt less threatened of it but that they were they went ahead and got the vaccine even though everywhere. I mean, I think it's kind of this plays into this general attitude of the Orthodox community, of course, being resistant to masks. And we saw that for, for months and months and it was on TV and the mask burning in Borough Park, which of course was a stunt. But, you know, that is something that, you know, famously made the news and has given this reputation for the Orthodox kind of being way behind. But you're finding that the Orthodox community, by and large, if you take it generally, is actually pretty consistent with the rest of uh, with with the rest of the greater population, and in fact, in some cases, even higher if you look at modern Orthodox and yeshivish. So, I don't know. I mean, that's I guess this a question for you is, you know, there's some kind of funny things in this where where people have this attitude and they they you know on one on one issue and then they have a different attitude on the same on you know kind of the corollary issue. Or at least I view it as a corollary yeah. issue. So, you know, we, uh, we, we did a survey in 2017, it was modern Orthodox. We asked them, you know, what is the most important thing to you about being a modern Orthodox Jew? So Shabbos was number two, and learning was number three. What was number one? The sense of community, 
part of the community. We are a very, very strong community. We get together all the time with each other. Along with the sense of community comes the desire to fit in. So, for example, if you pay a shiva call and you walk into a house and nobody's wearing a mask, there, you know, there, there is a strong pressure to fit in. There is a strong pressure to fit in. So I think each community has a norm. If you're in a place where nobody's wearing masks, you're not going to wear one either. But that person who, who pays the shiva call and doesn't wear a mask goes home and tells his, his wife or, tells, or she tells her husband, you know, it, it was okay. Nobody seemed to be sick there. But, you know, maybe we should get, maybe we should get the vaccine just to be on the safe side. So they may not be always related. I mean, people do what they have to do to fit into their community. But, you know, when you go to get the vaccine, it's your decision. It's like voting. Nobody knows what you're doing or what you're not doing. So people might be saying, you know what? Well you know, said. Now I, I can go to CVS. I don't even need an appointment. I can just walk in. You know, they're throwing out 10 million Johnson & Johnson vaccines that are almost going to, that are nearing their expiration date. So it's only one shot. You could walk into a CVS, you know, nobody knows. Get the shot. It's, uh, it does, yeah. Very good. Help the community. Okay, well, that'll be the last word. Uh, Mark Trencher, NISPA Research. Very fascinating data that we finally have around vaccination in the Orthodox community. Thanks for joining us here once again on Spin Class. That's it for this week. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Joseph. See you next week.